Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. New in 22. How many is ready for something new in 22? Oh, are you really ready? I don't know if you're ready for what you're going to hear today because you say you want it. New in 22. Let's put that title screen up there. New in 22. There's ways that you, there's some things that you got to do. Today it's called new wine skins if you want new wine. Somebody say new in 22. New wine. Look at your neighbor and tell him you need to get drunk on the new wine. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all done got drunk on everything else. You might as well get drunk on the new wine. Mm-hmm. You might as well, you might as well understand what a what what the what the imitation is really imitating. How many knows that's that's why they call the alcohol at the store spirits? Because the devil tries to uh, imitate what happens to you when you get drunk on the new wine. See, the difference when you get drunk on the new wine versus the world's wine is there ain't no hangover the next day. Come on, somebody. In fact, there's elevation. There ain't no hangover from yesterday. There's a newness. There's a refreshing. You ain't got to take something. You ain't got to tell everybody to be quiet. You ain't got to shut the blinds. You know how many? You ever thought about this? The more you drink and get drunk that night before, and you think the world's so much better when you got drunk, then why is it the next day you can't stand the light? The only thing that makes you happy is the darkness. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Isaiah chapter forty-three, verse eighteen. It says our scripture for the series. It says, "Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old." Behold, I will do a shout it loud. Y'all know what shout means. I need to get y'all all dictionary. Shout it. I will do a what? See, y'all learning. Y'all learning. You're a solid rock church, y'all. Y'all ain't at some church. Get that little thing on the pulpit. The Lord said I will do a new thing. You're a solid rock. The Lord said I will do a. There you go, solid rock. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I have given water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself that they shall declare my praise. I'm telling you, God formed us to praise the Lord. We have been created to show forth the praises of God. You ain't praising God, you ain't doing the reason you was created. You need to be a praiser. You need a new praise. You need a new wine. You need a new refreshing. You need a new dance. You need a new hand clap. You need a new hand wave. You need a new gesture, a new thing to say, a new new attitude. See, God, today's called new wine. Now, I want to just say some things. Man, I, I just, I had some of this together. But, but yesterday, God just began to download some things in me, just some, just some nuggets that I'd never heard before just from, from God or any other preacher. I'm not saying no other preacher's ever said it, but I'm just saying that we're just coming as fresh manna from heaven. And it starts off with this. God just said, I, my remnant needs to wake up and realize I desire for the remnant to drink new wine. I desire for the remnant to drink new wine. As it is a new move of God, there comes a new wine. Now, if the Lord has this to go this way, and who knows what he might drop in my spirit, but believe it or not, the only other scripture that I'm going to use today is the one I'm about to read to you, and I'm going to spend the next few minutes talking about this very well-known scripture, but we need to look at it in the context of the world in which we live in right now. Mark chapter 2, verse 21 says, no one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Or else the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Or else the new wine bursts the wineskin and the wine is spilled. And the wineskins are ruined. 
but new wine must be put into new wine skins. Mm. Well, I feel that kind of preaching coming on. <laughs> Makes me want to shout hallelujah. Got to work on my facetta. See, fresh wine is different than regular wine. Jesus made it clear that new wine cannot be put into old wineskins because when the wine, watch this, expands, which is the natural process of new wine, it will break the skin and spill the wine. Can I tell you, there has been generations after generations after generations that God has tried to pour new wine in. And as He's poured it in, we see them as revival. People line up at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning to get to a church service that starts at 7 o'clock that night. Moves of God, revivals, entire cities, entire nations blanketed with awakenings. Only to read about them as history. Because they did not continue. Because without fail, man will always try to do, put what God is doing, something fresh, into something old. And it will always, God, watch this, will always pull away. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. I'm not talking about Him in our lives. I'm talking about revival. I'm talking about outpouring. See, He says this, watch this. You can't sow... A piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Now we know that part. But watch this. We think this scripture is all about new wineskins, old wineskins. Let me tell you what it really is about. It is about that. But if you look at it, you will find that it's about man trying to repair something old that's got a hole in it. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all shouting. See... We want just a little bit of the new, just enough of the new to sew up the place in us that has a void. But we don't want to get rid of all the old stuff that we brought to the moment. Oh, y'all ain't hear me. See, because when you try to patch yourself and then ask God to move in your life, when he starts pouring the new wine into your patchwork. See, if you patch something, the majority of what is not patched is not the patch. So the majority of the wineskin, the majority of the cloth is still you. <laughs> Y'all alive. I know I'm stepping on some toes already. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you the remnant is, is not this generation that spent all these years just tipping their toe and then on it. Straddling that fence, getting a little bit of God, a little bit of the world. Listen to praise and worship on Sunday. Listen to F this, F that on Monday. Hearing your pastor say, we're going to respect ladies in here, going down the road hearing somebody call a woman a whore and a hoe and you a pimp. Yeah, the B word. Huh? Y'all sit around. Y'all know what's going on in my head right now. I can see some of y'all right now. Y'all already thinking. Y'all already thinking, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? I might. Well, I might as well. What, what, what's so wrong about me saying it when you drive down the road singing it? Why is it shocking to hear me say it? Why ain't it shocking to hear somebody else say it? Won't you tell your kids, let me tell you something right now. You ain't no bitch. You are a woman of God. You are a woman of God. Don't you let nobody call you that. You ain't no hoe. You a woman of God. You ain't no pimp. You a man of God. You ain't no baby daddy. You a father.
I told you it's a new wineskin. This ain't no cussing wineskin. I ain't talking about going out and start cussing. I'm trying to make an illustration here to you today. God said, don't you try to ask me to patch you. God did not die on a cross to patch you. He shed his blood on a cross. He was beaten by 39 stripes to the point of most people would die at the flogging pole. He hung on a tree on a, on a cross completely naked and exposed to shame him. They stuck a spear in his side, shoved thorns into his skull, drove nails through his hands and feet. He didn't do that to give you a little tickle. He didn't do that to temporarily pat you on Sunday morning and you rip that thing back off by Wednesday afternoon. God said, you can't ask me for revival and ask me to pour it into the old man. I'm going to need something new to pour it in. I'm this way because my mama was this way. My daddy was this way. And my grandmama was this way. Well, maybe you need to break the generational curse. Maybe you need to stop it with you. Stop blaming those that came before you for your stupidity, ignorance, arrogance, and selfishness. Y'all look so comfortable in them chairs. Y'all don't feel comfortable right now? For some reason, y'all don't feel comfortable? Well, hold on. It's about to get more uncomfortable. See, God don't want to put something in you, listen to me, and it not expand. See, fermented wine don't expand. Only new wine while it's being fermented. See, we want to take what God gave us in the altar on Sunday. And we want to talk about it forever, what God did in our lives in that one service. Man, it was incredible. But God pours something in you for it to expand. Give, and it shall be given. God's called you to be the light of the world. The salt <laughs> Too many people say they desire the new wine, but they want to hold on to the past. They want to hold on to the fear of the present. And they want to sow a piece of something new into that. Jesus is saying, everyone knew this would not work in his day. That's why he used this example. He, he wasn't given no new understanding of how wineskins work. In his moment, and in, in the culture in which he lives. They all knew what he was saying. You, you read the Bible, and I do it too. We all do it. We read it in the context of America and in the 2020s. But it was written in biblical times. That's why it's called biblical times. It was written some thousands of years ago in cultures that are Eastern cultures that many of those principles of culture still exist today in those Eastern cultures and we don't understand it through the prism and through the focus and through the lens of being an American. American Christianity doesn't look like Christianity is supposed to look like. Are y'all hearing me? And when we read things like this, we think it's all about revival. We think, oh my God, that's right, send the new wine, send the new wine. We call our conferences new wine. But Jesus was using something in the natural that they 100% fully understood. Just about everybody there drank wine. The making of wine was very common. And they didn't have nice little bottles to put on a rack. They had little leather pouches that was almost like a water pouch. And they knew if you're going to go, you're coming straight from the wine press and you got new wine, it's still got some process to go through. You don't put it into an old wine skin because the old wine skin is already starting to rot. 
It's already starting to dry rot. It's been out in the sun. It's dirty. It's nasty. When you're out in the field taking care of the sheep, whatever, rub up against a rock while it's around around your neck, it's been cut. It's been compromised. Are you hearing me? Am I preaching right? And I'm going to tell you, when, when God begins to put that in you and begins to expand you and stretch you, if you hadn't read my book, by the way, shame on you, you need to read it. But there's a chapter in my book called The Rubber Band uh, Revelation. And it talks about a rubber band can be set right here all day long, uh, but it will never fulfill its purpose. It will only be a piece of rubber. It will not be a rubber band of which it is desired to be until it is stretched. And when it is stretched, it begins to operate in its purpose. Are y'all hearing me? Some of you are, you've got God. He's changed you. He's turned you into that rubber band. He's set you down on there. And then that's all you want. You don't want to let God expand you. You don't want to let God stretch you. You don't want to let God pull you out of your comfort zone. And you wonder why every single time you make a new commitment to God at the beginning of the year, it fizzles by the time you get to February because you are not willing to let God completely renew you. You just want Him to patch you in January. I wish I had a church that would help this preacher preach. God's not going to share his glory with anybody. He's not going to let you sow him to something that ain't of God. Too many people try and put Jesus in places that Jesus never wanted to be. Using the words of Jesus and twisting them to try to support doctrines that are not of God. God will not share His glory with no one or nothing. He will not be, listen to me, this is what I, when the download started. He will not. Hello. He will not be sown into the world systems. He will not be sown into religious systems. He will not be sown into governmental systems. Every single time you try to sow him or tie him to a world system, a religious system, or a governmental system, as he begins to expand, of which he always is doing a new thing, he will pull away from that garment and he will rupture that wineskin. He will tear you. He said, no, he said, he says that that tear that will happen, that will, that will pull you away, that you are trying to patch, will become worse than before. Because you tried to let God just cover this little hole. And you sold him to four different pieces because it was a square piece. She sold him to four different pieces that was pretty old and withering. But as, as God's new wine expands and that patch that's new that you tried to patch yourself with pops, the threads in which you put, tied it to will be broken and a larger hole will be there that you, where it used to be a smaller hole. Listen, you're never going to change with only letting God do incremental things in your life. You're going to need the remnant, if anything, the remnant needs to hear. You need to sell out to God. You don't need to be a patched up wineskin. He wants to put new wine in you. And the only way he can do that is you're going to have to be a new wineskin. This is very important. Get this. You know, write this down. Tweet this, something. Post this. I don't care what what you're still on. Whatever you own, put it on there. The new wine. Is too important to waste. It will be something completely different than we are used to. This new wine that God is sending to the remnant will be something different than we are used to. It's not something new, really, because He's been trying to pour this out ever since the outpouring of Acts chapter 2. But it will be new to us. And it will be fresh to us. But God will not put that new thing 
into old wineskin. We know, we have seen that. Go study church history. We have seen it happen. We have seen people try to make it happen. And we know what happens. To every great revival we study in history, the reason they're in the history books is because they ended. That's the only reason they're there. But I want you to know something. You've got to get this. If we really are the final generation the way we believe we are, we'll be the only generation that experiences a revival that will not have an end date in the history books. Hallelujah! The only, maybe the only thing that would, that would, that'll be mentioned is maybe somebody going to write a book during the tribulation period. Get it out real quick. Tell people this is why we got left. Because we wasn't a part of that group. Or did that, was it, somebody needs to write. I'm sorry. I don't think they'd be calling left behind. Maybe they could turn a series into it. Maybe they could get a childhood 80s actor and make a movie. One of the finest cinematic productions in the history of mankind. See, here's how, here's how I see it happening. The church is trying to do it again. And the world is trying to force us to do it. The world is trying to force us to pour the new wine into social media and turn it into the exclusive way that we distribute the new wine. See, until we start looking at the social media as a glass full of wine that we poured out and making available instead of the wineskin. Little by little by little, we're losing what it means to be a child of God. Oh, it could be used as a delivery method, but it cannot be used as the wineskin. God's not going to pour new wine into Instagram. God's not going to pour new wine into TikTok. God's not going to pour new wine into some metaverse. He could pour his new wine into people that are on those platforms. But you cannot. Listen to me, preacher. Listen to me, preacher. You cannot pour the new wine out exclusively online. Just this week. People started shutting the churches down again in America. I won't say their names. I won't tell you if you ask me after church either. Unless you pay the church off. If you pay the church off, I'll tell you. That's just a joke. That's just a joke. No, it's not a joke. I'll probably tell you. I'll probably tell you. I'm talking about some of the largest churches in America. Biggest names that you could name in the world of Christian preaching. Some of their sanctuaries seat eight to 10,000 people. Went back to online only this week. I'm not judging preachers because every pastor got to stand before God for their own house. But I got news for you. That's patchwork. That's patchwork. Somebody is going to have to stand up and open the top of the bottle and just say, look, we don't know what's coming. We have no idea what's next. But every time we try to patch this thing, every time we try to step back and patch it, go back this and this. Go back and patch it. Go, come forward again. Take a new step. Nope, sorry. Come back and let's patch it. Little by little by little, those that were trying to be connected are losing their faith in the place that is supposed to equip them. 
My God, I don't know if you're going to quit the church or not. I don't know if you'll be back next Sunday or not. But if you come back next Sunday, you're going to hear the Word of God. I'm going to help you. Before some of y'all think you know what I'm saying. The local church building is not the wineskin. The building's not the wineskin that he's talking about. He's talking about us. This is the gathering of us. This is us. So the wineskins gather together. And it's called the ecclesia, the church, the called out ones, the separated ones. The Bible tells us, listen to what Paul said, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch the unclean thing and I will come to you and be a father and you shall be my son. We cannot be everything the world, that the world is. We cannot take our, I know what y'all going to think when I say this word, but I'm ready to take some words back, okay? I'm just ready to stop worrying about words being used. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to take the rainbow back. I'm ready to take mandate back. I'm, come on, y'all hear me. I'm ready to take them all back because they all started in the Word of God and people are trying to take them from us. We got a, We had a mandate long before the president ever handed down a mandate. We got a mandate called the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you and lo I'll be with you to the end of the world you want a mandate there's you a mandate somebody shout preach white boy preach it's a facade it's a lie I'm not white I even got Cherokee Indian in me. Went back and looked at my DNA. I got like, uh, I think it's like 1.6%. That's enough for me to say I got some Indian in me. I got some, I got some Cherokee in me, man. Don't mess with me. I mean that with respect. I really do. I really do. I'm so thankful that if we was to really look at our DNA, everybody in here has got a little bit of every color on the planet. Somebody done hooked up with somebody else in your past. I got news for you. I don't care what your granddaddy told you. I don't care how lily white your skin is or how dark black your skin is. You, you black folk have some white folk back there and you white folks have some black folk back there. You need to hear me. We all got the same blood, baby. You cut me, we all bleed the same. We're going to the same heaven. Somebody ought to understand. Somebody's got to stand up and say it. <laughs> I'm about to run. I got more room to run in here. But now watch this. If we want to have what God wants us to have, we're going to have to abandon the way of our flesh that is comfortable. Because a move of God is going to be uncomfortable. It is going to pull you and stretch you and expand you. We are the wineskin. You can't pray for revival to come to Solid Rock if you ain't prayed for revival to come to your house and to your own life. Because revival ain't coming in here till it comes in us. Our flesh is the enemy of new wine. It will never desire to be prepared for new wine. It will always think that it is ready for the new wine in the as-is form that it is. We get caught up in the emotions of worship and we'll cry out, Lord, here I am. But we always seem to burst. And it seems like the things that we felt God doing in us, we watch spill out. 
and we get mad at the preacher, and we get mad at the music, and we get mad at the, the temperature, and we get mad at how loud the sound system is. We get mad at somebody in the church. We want to blame everybody else except the wineskin. So some of you want to patch your wineskin by praying for God to help others patch theirs. Y'all didn't get that. Because some of y'all's joy is dependent on your prayers are dependent on somebody else getting right for God because they hurt you or the judgment of God coming on them because they did you wrong. So you can't get past what happened to you. So instead of you praying for God to do something new in you, you praying that God's judgment would come on them. And the reality is this. Most of the time, they done moved on with their life and they ain't even thinking about you. They done hurt you, destroyed you, and they done moved on. And I got news for you too, because I've had to learn this the hard way. A lot of times, they hurt you, destroyed you, and they moved on, and you finally get the guts one day to talk to them about it, and they look at you and say, I have no idea what you're talking about. I promise you I didn't even mean that. I love you from the bottom of my heart. I would have never thought that or said that. And you feel really stupid. Because you've been carrying around this offense all along, and it didn't even happen. You need a new wineskin. A wineskin that's not full of offense. A wineskin that's not full of judgment. A wineskin that's not full of the past. See, we, in church, we preach a lot about the past, but I got news for you. This move of God and the word that's preaching right now needs to deal with the past, but we need to deal more with the present than we do the past. Because I got news for you. Some of y'all done got victory over your past, but you can't get victory of what's happening right now. You don't let things go that happened to you years and years ago, but you can't let something go with what happens when you walk in on the job tomorrow. You get a new email that says this and this and this. This is the new policy. This is what we're going to do. And fear every day grips your heart. What's coming? What's coming? Is the Supreme Court going to rule this way? Is it going to rule that way? Is my religious exemption going through? Is my religious exemption? Or why can't all these people get vaccinated? Do they not love me? Why is all these people getting vaccinated? They lost their mind? I'm talking about there is a, there is a division that is, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now. Kevin Wallace, Pastor Kevin Wallace, I'm going to get him to preach here real soon. He had one of the greatest videos ever. He talked about the same division that's happening right now over vaccines. The same is the same division, the same spirit that divides us over race, that divides us over politics, that divides us over economical stuff because it's all roots from the devil because if he could divide us in any way shape or form there is no unity and if there is no unity there is no commanded blessing I'm about to preach my voice out up here y'all ain't even, some of y'all ain't even said amen yet I'm about to lose my voice screaming at you I'm out of time Let me tell you what's happening in the church, and I don't mean this to be Debbie Downer. But you know, this big word now, you get woke. Some of y'all don't need to worry about getting woke, you just need to wake. We don't need a wokeness, we need an awakening. Now, I'm not saying that you don't need to be aware of things that are going on, the atrocities have happened in our past. Do you understand me? Do you know my heart that that is not what I mean? I'm, but I'm saying there, there, it, is, it is the bait. It's like, it's like that bait that just daggled in front of that largemouth bass. It's trying to hook you, to pull you in a direction away from God. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Okay? Present and past. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We understand we have been put in this world right now to change this world. We cannot change the past. We can affect the future. But only when we get a new wineskin right now. Because I, I, think, I think it's been proven. Government cannot solve the division. They can't pass a law that will cause people that have hatred in their life to stop hating. 
You can't, the president cannot sign a law into law that says, as America, we declare that racism is a sin and a, natu- a, a national scourge upon this nation. If you are a citizen of this nation, we but, but therefore hereby say to you, you shall no longer have the ability to be a racist. Sign president, whoever. If somebody's a racist, you think that's going to stop them from being a racist? The only thing's going to stop them from being a racist is they need an encounter with Jesus Christ. They need to get their heart right with God because there ain't no Christian racist. You think you're a Christian and you're a racist? One of those things is true and one is not. You are a racist, but you ain't no Christian. Mm, I got so much stuff that I could get banned from Facebook right now for. Going through my head. I got a few things in my head that probably cause some of y'all to leave the church. But I don't want y'all to leave. I love you. In, In 2021... Gallup, y'all have heard of that, right? It's, a, it's where they do these surveys. Gallup shared, listen to this, for the first time ever in the history of running the numbers, church membership in 2021 dropped below 50%. For the first time in the history of our nation, less than 50% attend a church. Among millennials, only 36%. Identify with any church. Similarly, a decade ago, 22% of millennials said they have no religious affiliation, either agnostic or atheist. 22%. 10 years ago. Now that same number is 31%. For Generation Z, 33%. A third, over a third of every one of our children there's a part of Gen Z, says they are an atheist or an agnostic. At the same time, attendance keeps dropping across the board. Now, this is the one you've got to get before I close. A survey by a national religious polling firm called FACT, F-A-C-T, surveyed 15,000 churches of every size, in every race, in every denomination, in every background, to get scientifically a perfect picture or the, whatever they call, plus or minus this and this, how they do polls. They conducted this just before COVID hit. And, there's, and they finished it up in 2020. I want you to hear this. From the year 2000, how many of those 2019s when that, that's why it's called COVID-19. But it really started hitting us in early January 2020. You with me? You with me, church? Listen to this. Listen to what the goal of all this was. And it's still the goal to do this even further. And from 2020 to 2020, I mean, from, from, excuse me, from, from 2020 to 2002. I mean, 2020. Let me back up. Let me back up. Backward masking. 20 years, not two years. But I want to show you what happened. This accelerated. In 20 years from the year 2000 to year 2020, this is how it happened so quickly in 2020. The average church attendance in the year 2000 Across the board, you understand average means all sizes averaged by the number of them, was 137 people. It stayed around that number until close to 2019, and it plummeted. So when they first looked at it in the year 2000, it was 137 people was the average number of the average church in America. In 2020, the average attendance of the church in America was 65. 65. 65 people. 65 people. The average church attendance in this country. 
Watch this. From the year 2019 to 2022, 50% of all those who were attending or streaming faithfully in 2019 now, according to surveys, say not only are they no longer attending, they are no longer streaming at all and watching no church service. Half of the church since 2019 is gone. We need a new wineskin. Because I'm going to tell you, if the church was doing what the church needed to be doing, that many folks wouldn't have left it. Some of them would have, but most of them wouldn't have. Because you don't leave something that's that important to you. Huh? And you don't leave something or someone that you are connected to. Listen, I don't care what your kids do. They steal your kids. Huh? I don't care what happens in your neighborhood. I don't care what they do to you and what they say to you. They can't sever that tie. Only you can. You can say it with your mouth and still don't sever it because they're your kids. You don't leave your kids in the battle. When bullets are flying and your babies are in the kitchen and bullets are flying through your kitchen window, you don't leave your babies in the kitchen floor while you run and hide. When you're connected to something that's changing your life, you don't run when the rest of the world runs. That's why the ones that are left are called the remnant. Now listen to me. I know how the devil works. Don't you twist my words online and mean that I'm calling you out saying you're any part of the remnant if you have legitimate reasons for not being here. But let me tell you something. When in the world are you going to realize that some of you ain't got no legitimate reason anymore? Somebody need to say it because your boss ain't saying it, your spouse ain't saying it, all them other preachers you're watching online ain't saying it, your doctor ain't saying it, your nurse ain't saying it, the news organization you watch ain't saying it. But I thought I was your pastor, I need to say it. You ain't got no reason not to be here anymore. My God, we spread this thing out. You still got an entire balcony you can sit under if you want to. You ain't got to sit next to nobody breathing on you. You got to worry about droplets. So sick of hearing about droplets. People have been spitting on you for years. They had the flu, all kinds of stuff. I'm going to finish. At this point, we're working on two and a half, almost three years, y'all. There are people. That have, not, that have been in church their whole life. And in March of 2020, we were told two weeks to stop the spread. That's what we were told in March of 2020. Two weeks. Shut everything down for two weeks to stop this. Two weeks has now turned into almost three years. And there are people that were attending every Sunday, serving on leadership teams that have never been back to a single gathering anywhere. And they are okay with it. And they don't have pre-existing conditions. They're healthy. They're still going to the gym. They're still going to, the, to Walmart. They're still buying their groceries. I'm sorry if this is hurting you. But I mean it's not meant to beat you down. It's meant to shake you. Because if you don't come back now, you ain't coming back. You ain't never coming back. Because I got news for you. I hate to be, there's that word again, Debbie Downer again. But if you think this is the end, it ain't the end, y'all. Dr. Les Sumrall, Rod Parsley said it, and I don't know who originally said it. They said, freedom is never granted to the oppressed voluntarily by the oppressor. Never in the history of civilization has that ever happened. There's never been someone who owned someone else or had or lorded over someone else voluntarily just decide to own mass by with no no repercussion just own their own one day get up and say, All of y'all are free. 
No, everyone who has ever been oppressed must have that gained their freedom always had to demand it and take it from the oppressor. I'm not talking take up arms. I'm not talking about storming somebody's castle or house or, or white house. I'm not talking about that. Don't you twist my word. I'm talking about the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, but the violent take it by force. I'm looking for some soldiers that are ready to stand at the gates of hell and storm the gates of hell. You want to storm some gates? Storm the gates of hell. Take back what the devil stole. All right, sit down, sit down, sit down. It's already, I'm already passing the time. It's Austin's fault. He, he, he took up too much time during worship. It's all his fault, y'all. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something. This ain't the first time it's ever happened. Watch this. It's my last point. Jesus, for three and a half years, did amazing, amazing miracles and gathered a following. So many tens of thousands would follow him that he would have to get in a boat and go out into the Sea of Galilee and stand and use the natural ambiance of the water till he can get to the thousands that were sitting on top of the mountain. Thousands upon thousands. We have one time he fed 5,000 men plus women and children. He did it again. Those are awesome stories. But get in your mind, we're talking minimum tens of thousands of people. When this one man would walk from city to city, tens of thousands of people, men, women, and children would walk behind him came time for him to go into Jerusalem he got up on a donkey he rode that donkey in they flocked to him Hosanna Hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord lay down their garments and when things started to change when this awesome experience of every blind eye opening the lame walking the dead being called out of tombs. They were so into that. that They forgot the whole reason he came wasn't that. And then all of a sudden they saw the one that had, it looked like everything was being shut down and locked down. And, and the, the authorities came after Jesus. Arrested him for a crime he did not commit. You know what the crime he, that they arrested him for was blasphemy, claiming to be God. Well, it's not blasphemy if you're God. Okay? So, watch this. The moment that the governmental and religious structures came in and took Jesus. Within days, I'm talking about days, tens of thousands left him. The same ones that cried out, Hosanna, cried out, crucify him. You might be surprised what you say and what you do when you get out of the will of God. You'll find yourself like the prodigal son eating with the pigs going, how in the world did I get here? Jesus so much. He watched tens of thousands leave him. He watched his right hand man curse three times and deny him. He finally made it to the cross. One of them had hung himself. The other ten was hiding or in lockdown. Only one. Only one was left. Jesus hang on that cross starts looking everywhere. There were more thieves there for him than there were disciples. He was surrounded by the enemy more than he was around the ones that he had poured his life into for three and a half years. Because that's what fear will do. Fear will cause you to forget everything that God has done and only focus on the moment. At that moment, they, when they were locked up in those houses and in those rooms and, and all those disciples were hiding, they were not thinking about Lazarus. They were not thinking about blind Bartimaeus. 
they were thinking about it. what's going to happen to me if they bust down that door. Are they going to put me on the cross? So they forsook Jesus when he needed them the most. But here's the good news about Jesus. He's looking around. He's gasping for breath. He knows his time is short. It's down to seconds. He looks around. He looks down the mouth. Down the mountain. He sees his mom. He sees John. He takes care of all them. And then he says something that's incredible. Father, forgive them. he was saying at that point they don't realize what they've given themselves over to but I want to show them that no matter what they've done no matter what they've said about me and to me it's not it don't even come close to the greatness of what I'm doing for them the very soldier looked and heard him say these things one that drove the nails through his hands, the one that stuck a spear in his side and blood and water flow. When he watched Jesus and heard Jesus say those words, he died. The Bible says the soldier proclaimed with his mouth, truly, this is the Son of God. <laughs> with the hammer still at his hand. How many holes you tried to punch? <laughs> I don't care how forsaken you feel like you've been to God, how far away you are from God. In a moment, in a second, in the twinkling of an eye, God can say to you, I don't want to patch you. new wineskins come only one way repentance stop wishing something away in your life here's what I want to tell you it's going to be deep wherever you are there you are here's another one that's deep God dropped in my spirit. You can't be where you're not at. You can't be in the healing revivals of the 40s and the 50s and the 10s. You can't be a part of the great awakening, the second awakening. You can't be a part of the All you can do is read about them. But you can be a part of the Joel chapter 2 revival. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet all over this house. Open up your spirit. Block everything out of your mind. Don't think about what time it is. Don't think about where you're going to eat. Don't think about nothing. You're here today. You chose to come to church and be equipped when the world's telling you not to do it. That's big. That's big to God, but it needs to go further. Connect yourself to the mandate of God. Quit trying to patch yourself. Quit trying to fix things. Get a little bit. Surrender. You know, when, when you've committed a crime and you're in the house and the, and the police has come and they found you, they've got barricades all around their house, and you're in there and fear is gripping you because you don't know what's about to happen to you. You peek through the window. You see the lights. It's at that point you have to make a decision. Because somebody re reaches over and grabs a megaphone. And he says something along this line. Come out. We have you surrounded. You can't go anywhere. Come out. Okay, I'm coming out. Come out. 
Please don't shoot me. I'm coming out. I'm, don't, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm coming out. Well, okay. But you come out. You let me see your hands. You hear me? You hear me, church? Come out with your hands up. Because when you come out with your hands up, it's many things. It's showing that you have no weapon in your hand, but more than anything, it's a universal sign of surrender. In war, when soldiers would surrender, they'd throw the white flag, and if the enemy would accept that surrender, it's going to take them captive. You see it in the movies. You see it in the old pictures. They're coming out. They're all beat up and bloody. You can barely walk, but they're all like this. They're giving themselves to be captured. God wants to arrest you today. He's got you surrounded. You know what you did. You know who you are. But guess what? He knows what you did and he knows who you are. You are a part of the remnant. He's got you surrounded. You don't want to harm you. But he does want to arrest you. Man, I could preach for three more hours. I'm not kidding. It's 12 at 1219. I bet none of you will turn the national championship game off if it goes into overtime. But you'll get mad at me because I went into overtime. Watch this. Come out with your hands up. I've got you surrounded. Surrender now. Watch this. Watch what happens when you surrender. Oh, y'all ain't ready for this. I surrender, Lord. You got me. You got me. Before we go any further, Larry, this is what you hear. I'm bound to read you your rights. Your surrender gives you the right to be blessed going in and blessed going out. You have the right to lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. You have the right in my name to cast out devils. Do you understand your rights? Yes, Lord, I understand my rights. I'm ready. It's the only time you'll ever be arrested where he removes the handcuffs instead of puts them on you. Are you hearing me? See, because you may think your hands are like this, but he sees the change between them. When you repent, he breaks the chains and not puts you in jail, but sets you free. I want to know who's ready to surrender today. Get up here now. Come on. Come on if you're ready to surrender. I'm talking about surrender it all. Give it all to God. How many is ready for a new wine skin? If you're ready, get up here now. I don't care if we go to 2 o'clock today. I don't care. You want to leave? Go ahead. I'm obeying God. Some of you hadn't prayed in the Holy Ghost since you was in vacation Bible school. Let the Holy Ghost begin to pray through you right now. Some of y'all need to be refilled with the Holy Ghost right now. You may not know what to pray, but your spirit can be found praying for you. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. Hands up, hands up. Come on, y'all that just came out. Come on, you just came up here. This is a sign of surrender. Hands up, hands up. Lift up your hands in holy, holy, in the holy sanctuary of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, as these hands are raised, as the spirit of surrender is upon them, as the new wine skin is being prepared now through the spirit of repentance, move upon them right now, God, in this moment, this moment of faith, this moment of brokenness, this moment of repentance, that they would open their mouth and repent for laziness, repent for not obeying you God but doing the things that you've called us to do repent for the spirit of fear whatever it is whatever it is that's the wall between you and what God needs you to get to I rebuke it now as your spiritual father and pastor this house I, I just speak it by the authority not my authority but the authority in the name of Jesus I speak over your life right now those with hands raised say this 
Cut the music. Cut the music. Cut the music because some of y'all might need to raise your hands. In the name of Jesus, everybody say it out loud. In fact, if you need to get out, get down here, get out and get down here. That's up to you. I'm not telling you to do it, but I'll give you a few seconds if you need to get down here. If you're doing a job right now, I release you from that job for the next few minutes. Get down here. Get down here because I'm telling you right now, heaven, heaven is about to hear the voices. Heaven, the, more than anything, the devil is about to hear the voices of the people of God who are preparing themselves for the new move of God. If that's you, if you're ready, if you're hungry, if you're ready for no more, no longer. Somebody say this to me, no more patches. Shout it loud, no more patches. No more Sunday morning fixes. I am ready for a move of God in my life. I am ready to be remnant. God, I know I have a call on my life. I have a mandate and I will not be stopped. Nothing. I will not walk in fear. I will not take my orders from anyone but my king. In the name of Jesus, right now, I repent of everything, every sin, every idle word, every lazy spirit, every disobedient heart, every spirit of arrogance, every spirit of offense. I don't care what's been said to me. I don't care what's been spoke over me. I don't care what's happened to me. I am not defined. Come on, shout it. I am not defined by any of it. I am a child of God. I declare I am a new wineskin. And I desire the new wine in my life. Here I am, Lord. Send me. I will preach. I will go. I will do whatever you have asked me to do. I am surrendered. I am remnant. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout in this place. Come on. Shout like you believe what just happened, happened. What a way to be sent out. You need to prepare yourself. I promise you, I mean this from my heart. I mean this. This ain't me just trying to be funny and get a little laugh out of y'all. I mean this. I will always strive to get you out of here close to 12 o'clock. But you need to know something. Where we are going now, this may be become the norm. And you're going to have to understand as remnant that you're okay with that. Because there's going to be some things that happen after 12 o'clock that didn't happen before 12 o'clock. And if you slide out before 12 o'clock, you're going to miss them. We're going to stay we're going to sit. We're going to be in the presence of God until God says, you can go. Leaders, it's time for you to step up. It's time for you to come out of the shadows. It's time for you to stop looking at your job that you do in here as work and start looking at his ministry. Those that are not serving in this church, you are part of the remnant. Let me tell you something. The remnant is not cut out of the cloth to do nothing. So I'm not trying to beat you up, but I'm trying to tell you. You need to go to the leadership of this house today. If not today, you need to go home and pray about this. And you don't need to let no voice tell you that it ain't time because that ain't God. If you hear that, well, the Lord told me it ain't time. That ain't God. I can't tell you who's God, who ain't God, but I can tell you right now, I can tell you what the Word of God says God says. Work while it's day, for the night cometh when no man can work. So if it ain't this week, you don't need to let next week go by without going to somebody in leadership and say, this is my church, this is the house that I'm connected to. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's cleaning commodes. I don't care if it's wiping ladies. I'm talking to ladies. I don't care if it's wiping babies' poo-poo rear ends. You might not even like babies. But if you need, are needed in the nursery, the remnant will work the nursery. If you're needed to park cars, the remnant will park cars. If you need to help somebody find a seat, the remnant will help people find seat. Some, some of you have got, some of you got uh, talents. If you sing at home, and everybody in your family talks about how perfect your harmony is, why ain't you talk to Austin? Huh? He's, <laughs> huh? If you play an instrument... You might not be on the level that you want to be, 
None of these musicians were on the level they wanted to be when they started. Come out of the cave. I'm healing. I'm healing. No, you're healed. The fact that you are standing up here, the fact that you are in church in 2022, in the environment that we are in, you don't need no more healing. We need God to use you to help heal others. And I'm going to say this, and I'm thinking this is it. Listen, God told me years ago, I will never send you more new people than you have leaders ready to serve them. So while you're praying for this church to grow, you need to change that prayer and pray for you to grow. Because when you step up and become a new wineskin and you step up with a servant's heart and you begin to serve, what you do when you do that is you make room for God. Because now you're in place to serve someone else when God sends them. Well, I'm shy. I'm introverted. So was Moses. Huh? And he stuttered. He was not a public speaker. So what is this today? This is a locker room. This is your coach up here. Like my coach, I've told you of that story at the, at, the, at the dental clinic. Well, you used to play the dental clinic at Legion Field. And we was down. We, we hadn't even scored yet. He walked in the locker room. We're all sitting there. We're just, we were undefeated that year. Going in that game, we had not scored a point. He walked in. He turned his hat around. He literally went through the crowd and made eye contact with every single player. Looked at the chalkboard and went. And shoved his hand all the way through the chalkboard. Pulled it back. Scratches all over his arm. Turned his hat around and walked out. Silence, just like right now. Next thing you know, one by one. Of course, I was the first one to say anything. Can you all believe that? Stood up and I said, I started going around headbutting people. I'm about to headbutt some of y'all. I'm talking about, I'm talking about something coming in that room. Nobody needed to say anything. We just knew we were better than what we were playing. We just knew that what had happened out there was not who we were. And we went back on that field and destroyed them. They didn't, they didn't get back off the 50-yard line and we won the game. That stuck with me. I'm 54 years old now, proud of it. And I'm going to tell you something. Coach, my coach, I loved him so much. He just went on to be with the Lord just about a year and a half ago. It broke my heart because the day I saw that he was gone, I remembered that day. He put his feet, pulled it back out. And I also remember one time he come in the locker room. I was in, he was a junior high coach. He looked at me. He goes, Raglan, you think your mama's proud of you right now? You think Essie's proud of you? I know Essie. I know how she raised you. She didn't raise you to lay down like you laying down. He started calling out all of us, calling everybody's mama. Let me ask you something right now. Look at me, players. You know what your daddy thinks about you. It's time for you to be who he said you were. So we empower you. We can't make it happen as a church. You got to make that decision. But I'm going to tell you something. You come to this house. You bring people to this house. I'm going to make you a promise. You will hear the gospel. You will be loved. You will be welcomed. No matter what your struggle is. You may not think that because you see this hard preacher up here. I'm telling you, we're loving church. We love everybody. We love everybody. And we love them also enough to tell them the truth. This house will be a house of revival. This house is a new wine skin. Are you ready? Come on, give the Lord a warmer praise. You got anything? Monica wanted me to remind all the parents, if you're coming Wednesday night for our new adult class, be sure and bring your students to Solid Rock students in the gym, 630. Love you all. First service of the year, so we got to get it started off right. All right, everybody bow your heads. Father, we just thank you so much for this day to come together, to receive, to be equipped, Father. We thank you for your goodness, Father. We pray that you will watch over us and keep us and guide us this week and bring us back in seven more days. In Jesus' name.